Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Shift. Uh, this week's guest is Candice Lee. So we actually had like a more of a serious chat. It's very interesting. But Candice Lee, she's like um, a sexological body worker and a semantic sex educator. And she's the creator of Naked Yoga Therapy. Now, she will explain all of that in the podcast and what that is and how that helps your sex life and your relationships. And she gave some great tips, tips for dealing with shame and um, tips just in general for sex or with performance anxiety or struggling with orgasming and um, but yeah she was very interesting she told me all about what like tantric sex is and uh, how breathing could help you like with like getting more pleasure or just being more present so that was great I've been breathing loads since I recorded this episode like a week ago <laughs> so <laughs> she's really great so I'm delighted to have gotten her on the podcast though enjoy the episode and I will talk to you at the end and wait, so your name is Candice? Candice, yeah. Candice. Candice Lay. Is that right? Lee. Lee. Okay. Managed to fuck that up on both the names. <laughs> Can wait, Candice Lee. Candice. Because it's an Irish name. Why did I mess that up? It's like literally spelled L-E-I-G-H, right? Yeah. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not Irish heritage. No, I think there's like maybe a seven percent oh. Irish influence. Yeah. And so can you, so basically the podcast is like usually dating relationship, anti-shame stuff. Um, and I read your website and there's like a lot of like stuff that you do in that regard, but do you mind introducing yourself? Cause I don't want to do it wrong. Yeah, sure. So I'm Candice Lee. Um, I'm a longtime yoga teacher and tantrika and sexological body worker. And I created my own kind of, um, conglomeration of all the healing and kind of spiritually aligned um, practices that I was interested in for a long time and created Naked Yoga Therapy about four years ago. So you created Naked Yoga Therapy. It wasn't a thing before. It wasn't a thing. Um, yeah, I just, I actually remember being in bed sick, like right whenever Trump got elected. And I was like, you know what, if that guy can be president, I'm going to create my own business doing what I feel like the planet needs. That's amazing. So wait, so I definitely can tell you that no Irish person has done naked yoga therapy. Now there might be one person right in and be like, no, I've done it, but I feel like it'd be very rare. Like I've never even, what is naked yoga therapy? So. Um, for having the name Naked Yoga, it's it's kind of silly how little I actually teach Naked Yoga. Like, yes, that was like a big piece of it kind of in the beginning. Um, but 
the term naked was intended to be just a space where people can be raw or emotionally naked or physically naked if that is where things needed to go. Um, I just wanted to have a space where like, yes, yoga could happen, but also all of the kind of sacred sexuality and tantric practices could start to be talked about or, um, you know, and then sort of my direction turned more into like sex coaching. And um, I just wanted to create a space where people could sort of define all the things that they thought that it meant. And I feel like a lot of the inquiries and stuff that I get, I'm always like, wow, I can't believe like you define my work in that way. That's so interesting. I never would have thought for you to take it that way. But if that's where, you know, that's, um, where you want me to like hold space for you or like in that particular topic, like, sure. Um, so, so it's always interesting, I think, how other people define what I put out there. And um, yeah, that's been really interesting for me as well. But wait, so is it one-on-one or is it group sessions? So I've done um, mostly, especially like now, I do a lot of one-on-one stuff, one-on-one in couples. Um, I've done various workshops on different things, but primarily I'd say it's mostly one-on-one. And it's, yo- so it's yoga for focus more towards like sexualness. Um, so I've been a lot, word. <laughs> sexualness, <laughs> I like that, that's good. Um, so yeah, so my path was like teaching yoga for a long time and then I got into kind of tantric arts and neo-tantra stuff and and then that kind of moved into sex coaching so the whole thing can you know yes i could teach a yoga class but i think what's more interesting is you know focusing on like you know what people really want out of life or what want more of or how they can you know have more open and vulnerable conversations with themselves or with their partners or um, you know, explore what pleasure means to them and explore embodiment. And, um, yeah, so it, it, it's kind of, it's, it's shifted a lot. (laughs) What is, what is tantric though? Tantra, um, I'll explain it kind of like through a neo-tantra lens. So more of like new tantra or how people in the West sort of would describe it. Um, so it's a lot of like intimacy-based building exercises. It could be through the use of breath work. Yoga could certainly be like under neo-tantra stuff, Um, but it's more or less how to connect with yourself and with a partner in a more authentic or vulnerable way. Um, There's a lot of exploration in um, like exploring and healing different pieces of trauma, um, like, um, yeah, so more sort of taking your sexuality and being pretty conscious with it, and that can ex- um, include like tantric body work, um, tantric eye gazing, lots of different practices to connect more into, you know, yourself and with another person or a group of people. Like, but like, let's pretend that I'm like, I've never ever heard that word before because I haven't. Like, what, what? Because when you posted a thing about it, you said tantric and it was like sex positions and stuff. So I don't understand what is the difference between 
that and other sex positions, if that makes sense. Like what makes tantric? What is what separates that? That it's more intimate or something? Um, so yeah, all of those tantric positions um for that paper. Um, it's more of like, to me, it's like the quality that you bring into something like anything could be tantric. I'm drinking this cup of coffee right now. Um, maybe the more deliberate attention that I'm focused into kind of in heightening like all of my senses and all of my experience of what this is going to do or like how much I can sort of bring myself into this state of presence okay. i feel like that's sort of like the the thread that can make anything tantric um so if i'm like breathing and if i'm breathing with my partner while we're having sex and mm. if even like i am exploring some kind of like emotional wave like if i feel comfortable and open for that journey to be in of expression, um, I feel like that's a pretty honest um, way of connecting with someone and um, meeting them in a space where, you know, like my full attention is here and your full attention is here and anything can be and you can say or express anything and um, you, you're essentially, you know, safe or we can share this intimate moment together um, and explore the possibilities of, um, how deep that this particular state of presence could go. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So no TV on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Phone's off. <laughs> sending a text. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> and you think, does that help those like breathing exercises and stuff help with like, you know, cause a lot of women will struggle with orgasms or men will struggle with like performance issues. And you think a lot of that helps that? Yeah, totally. Um, that's actually something that I, I hear a lot in my work, um, various, you know, genders and different spaces of performance anxiety. Um, yeah, I think the breath work and sort of not restricting your breath and coming back into state of, you know, feeling your body and, just taking a deep breath, listening to the breath, kind of staying more in the present moment and less kind of caught up in the loop of, oh my God, am I doing it right? Or I haven't mm -hmm. come yet. Or what are they thinking? Are they enjoying this? Um, so, so many different thoughts can sort of start to go on in like a loop. And yeah, absolutely. I think the the breath and then also encouraging like maybe more movement or sound or um, like self-touch or things that can sort of anchor you back into, okay, my mind is going into a whirlwind. How do I like, even it's just like, okay, this is like a soft thing. This is a sensory experience that I can ground myself back into and, um, you know, come back into the present moment and try to find the, the pleasure in this moment. And so like I, I find with a partner, I find it and I, I think a, a lot of other women will probably relate to this as well, but I find it harder to orgasm with a partner just because I'm like, it's hard not to get in my head and be like, oh, are they looking at me or oh, shit, the pressure to come or oh, is this it? I feel it. Oh, no, it's not it. So where it's much easier if I'm doing it myself, even if I'm doing it myself with a partner, it's much easier. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, and 
you know, I think I've heard like the opposite too of like, um, you know, I prefer partnered sex or, you know, being in a state of pleasure alone is like, you know, not really a place that I want to spend as much time in or, Mm. um, but, but yeah, that's so true. And are there things that like, like, how do you sort of navigate that? I think for me, um, like I have to orgasm before sex so that it's easier. And that's something I've just learned. Um, and then like, I tell my partners that, and you know, like the guy I'm seeing now, he'll always make sure that happens. (laughs) Um, and he said though, sometimes he's like, I can see you're in your head a little bit, but there was things like the TV was on. So I was like, okay, I think I just need like a quiet space and, um, I'll do things like touch the quiz. We had like a sex expert on like a year and a half ago and she talked about it but she said like to just touch the pillow to like exactly what you're saying just to ground yourself but it Mm -hmm. is hard sometimes once you get in that headspace like of trying to find it and yeah but I think for me it's just the more comfortable I get with someone because there's a lot going on like you know there's like trying to touch yourself and they're banging you and it's all great but sometimes I'm just like can't get to the spot I want to get at and I'm probably it is probably just like need to relax more but I'm working on it (laughs) totally totally um yeah and also something that I do is like self-pleasure coaching so um you know this can be done on like the phone or I've done stuff in person where I'm actually coaching someone like all the way through like different practices to kind of like different breath practices, different pelvic floor practices, different ways of like expanding their self-pleasure masturbation kind of sequence in a space where, you know, more arousal gets to happen or, you know, encouraging like different props or things that create different sensations and, you know, creating an intention around like, you know, if you have an orgasm, great. If you don't, that's great too. But if you do like do you want to do something with this creative energy that is orgasm and you know a little bit of like sex magic and whatnot (laughs) I love that actually I want to ask you something because sometimes like my like I have like different levels of orgasms so like my partner will be like did you orgasm and I'm like yeah I had like a baby one (laughs) (laughs) but like I have so is that true? Is that like, or am I just like not orgasming and thinking I'm orgasming? But like, because sometimes it'll be like this like out of body experience, but then other times it's just like little bursts of pleasure as I go along. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, especially with like vulva owners, I think that there's so many different types of orgasm that can happen. And like there's little peaks and there's big like explosive clitoral orgasms. Mm-hmm. There's G-spot or urethral sponge orgasms. There's nipple orgasms. There are wow. anal orgasms. They're like full body so breath orgasms that you don't even have to be touched to like explore. I love this because I love that we're talking about this because even for the listeners, like you think about it, you know, we've pushed a lot about like mental health and therapy. Now I've never been to therapy, so it's completely hypocritical that I'm pushing it. But one day... <laughs> Um, and we've had therapists on and stuff, but, uh, and you know, so, and then if you hurt your back, you'd go for a massage or if you wanted to like work out, you do Pilates. So hearing this kind of like that you can work and get better orgasms. I'm like, I had no idea. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think one of my like most pivotal spaces of how I think I grew probably the most is through breath work. Um, and it wasn't even, I don't think that breath work is inherently sexual at all, but it 
like helped me release so much that was kind of stored or stuck that I didn't even realize in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I feel like it was just like a very, it, it was a therapeutic journey for sure. Um, and the more that I kind of let go of anything that was sort of keeping me like stuck, the more access to like waves of pleasure, more like energetic things. Um, and, um, yeah, I feel like it sort of helped me a lot in a, in a really body sense and able to be a little bit more, um, open to orgasmic experiences. And how, what is breathwork exactly? Like you just, Um, so there's so many different kinds. Uh, the type that I studied, she was a, um, it was a derivative of holotropic breathwork. So this really powerful <sighs> kind of thing about breathing like that for an hour at a time. Wow. Um, and it, it's, it's an interesting space cause you sort of, you do transcend kind of the egoic mind of, of thinking, or that's sort of one of the intentions and you just sort of become this like moving embodied breathing and you may get different memories come up or different just sort of somatic sensations and um you can let go without using kind of the conscious mind to speak through it Mm -hmm. and of course I love talk therapy as well I think that's super important but um there's something just very um I don't know something that it it brought a lot of um healing and grounding and kind of rewired my, you know, kind of orgasmic tantric portals. I know that that's that sounds amazing. really crazy, but <laughs> no, but that's, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, next time I see my guy, I'm going to just start breathing. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, how do you, do, if you're like uh, you, so you would just say like, you just do these breathing exercise every day. Like you don't need to do it before sex. You don't need to be like, I'm just popping into the bathroom one second. <laughs> no, like it can be just kind of like a, energetic tune-up for like 10 minutes just you know you don't have to be sitting you can lay down you can you know make a three song playlist and just kind of commit to really deeply breathing Mm. um and yeah of course if you share this with a partner and it doesn't have to be like crazy holotropic style breathing but just you know like laying with someone and having your bellies touch and like you know breathing in and out together it's a pretty that's like, so intimate like that's I right. can, what yeah. I will, you will just like Irish people we're like um emotionally stunted sometimes <laughs> like we're very uncomfortable with like high levels of intimacy and I think we would find that quite hard but I hope going forward as we evolve <laughs> <laughs> like but you know and we're very like we like laugh a lot so it's like we get like very giddy as like but yes um so that would be, I imagine breeding myself. I don't know if I could breed with a partner, but maybe like in a long-term relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I even like, I like, um, so like the more I date someone and the more comfortable my body gets with them, the better the sex gets, especially if the partner is like very, like works on it and stuff. And the guy I'm seeing now, he's like very like involved, but he uh, like, I squirted, is that the word? 
yeah for, nice. the first, yeah for the first time but we both got like I just started laughing it's like I ruined the enjoyment because I got such a fright I didn't know it was happening <laughs> I was like what's yeah. going on <laughs> and then we were both just like laughing um but going forward I'm excited to enjoy that when I'm not when I don't find it so hilarious <laughs> but you know it's kind of like they're like new experiences and stuff totally just, yeah. yeah that's amazing um kind of the neo-tantrics would call squirting Amrita or kind of like the elixir of life and you know it's like a very um exciting experience it's like you know like it's yeah like you know the partner would like put it all over them and kind of like anoint them in like the sacred waters. <laughs> That's amazing. My partner did not do that. <laughs> he just <laughs> laughed with me. <laughs> we had like the fit of giggles. <laughs> but, <Amazing>. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, funny. A really powerful like way of letting go too. Like yeah. those types of orgasms are like, it, and it's a different kind of like peak experience. Um, it doesn't maybe it, feels different than maybe like a extreme clitoral orgasm or well that was from my clit so maybe I didn't what did I (laughs) I mean if if that happens like I'm sure that there are so many different ways to access these different types of thing and everyone's bodies are unique and they want to express different things in different days wow um and then do you like ever have people come in and ask for like tips like sex tips specifically like um yeah like different ways to kind of connect with their partner or um ways to kind of explore more creative stuff or maybe like I have this like kinky desire how do I bring it up or um you know my partner wants to do try this or we've been together for several years like how do we you know keep things interesting or fresh or um yeah all different kinds of and how would you recommend for the people who've been together years trying to keep it fresh Mm, so let's see like you can play different games you can um like one of my favorites is like okay cool play like a desire game like everyone or write like five different desires in a hat and then play you know an evening where you just like draw from the hat and explore whatever that is um or if you're wanting yeah it's really fun I've done that before um or like explore like how to give each other like tantric body work um instead of or having like a few conditions you know tantric body work it's like it doesn't have to go into penetrative sex at all it's more of just you know, exploring the journey, you know, give each other 20 minutes of, you know, various body work and um, try to be present with each other and like, you know, and just ask exactly what your partner wants and explore kind of that journey and um, seeing what that's like. So that'd be more like, so the tantric body work is more like massages and foreplay. So like holding off as long as possible to the penetration, is that it? Um, yeah, I mean, you can, you know, turn tantric body work into a penetrative sexual experience, but I think essentially the, the tantric body work kind of is the experience and it can be a way to sort of, you know, be more in the path of like this whole thing is, 
you know, designed to bring us a little closer together or just to explore pleasure for a longer period of time or like let go of any goal driven experience and like, you know, just the first moment of touch. What if that was the experience? And if it goes anywhere else, then okay, great. Um, and I think sort of that way of thinking about orgasm and pleasure can be really helpful for, um, you know, the times where we do get kind of stuck in our head or like, why, why isn't my body doing this thing? Or I want to be a different place or I want to be more turned on than I am. And sort of collapsing that, that way of thinking and just being like, yeah, all I really have to do is just surrender into this breath, this moment. And you know, is there pleasure available right here, right now? Yeah, that's great. You know what this is reminding me of? That episode of Sex in the City, this is like so long ago, where the, I can't even remember if it was a woman or a man, but came in and was showing them how to give hand jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, the, the tantric woman, right? Yes. I always was, I remember even when I was younger being like, I feel like I should learn something here. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's a little bit more um, maybe sophisticated than a, than a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> so you never have people be like oh can you give me like blowjob techniques or anything like that um so I've done like bachelorette parties where I've done like oh, you know wow. oral sex you know tips and tricks and um, can you give us some tips and trips tricks <laughs> yes so anything in particular or just whatever you like I guess blowjobs oral all of it you know whatever you can that's okay. great mm. So hydration is important, especially like have some water nearby, take, you know, moments to hydrate because it can be kind of, you know, a lot. Um, I think what I hear like people with penises say is like, there's a lot of, like you definitely, like the teeth can kind of, you know, create pain, like, you know, mm -hmm. like pull in the lips <laughs> um but also like creating more of like a sensual experience like you know using your breath like hot or cool breath um mm. like touching different parts of their body to kind of bring some of the like you know pleasure that they're feeling in their genitals like other places in their body um I think that someone who's giving head or a blowjob if they're sincerely enjoying the experience then their partner will probably sense that as well and that can mm -hmm. kind of create a nice synergy um there's been times where like i you know i i've sort of used like oral sex to you know i'm like i feel like my throat chakra needs to be open like <laughs> you know i'm going to like <laughs> create this experience for me as well of like how does like your you know cock in my mouth going to like <laughs> explore more of my unleashed creative potential <laughs> that's great I love that I always I just like I'm like love doing good jobs no matter what I'm doing so <laughs> I'm just like whatever I can do to, if they're making noises then I'm getting more into it I'm like yeah I'm gonna get an A plus <laughs> right a geek that's amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And i like like oh sorry you go ahead 
what were you gonna ask her no I was just gonna say like oh you know I'm 30 and I still feel like because even now with the guy I'm seeing he'll tell me to do things that no one's ever asked for before and I'm like still learning so much I'm like I had no idea that this was pleasurable you know hmm yeah yeah there's I mean there's so many different things um so I'm also an erotic blueprint coach and basically what that explores is just the different like erotic blueprints that everybody has. So the different types are energetic and probably like the more like tantra people or just the people that can like have these orgasms with breath. That's all very energetic types. Um, another type is the sensual. So some people really are you know, turned on and motivated by like beautiful sounds or having everything, you know, really spacious and luxurious and long touches and um, kind of a sensual experience really gets them going. Others are really just explicitly sexual where um, they're pretty genitally focused or maybe they love giving and receiving oral sex and sort of their kind of sexual gratification is pretty straightforward. Um, and then there's the kinky types and then there's, um, the shapeshifters that are kind of a combination of all of the above. And I mean, even just exploring like some of the sexual or the, some of the kinky things that can happen. It's like the list is endless. The world of kink is fucking enormous and like if you're just looking at that one like type of thing, like you could spend a lifetime exploring all different things in that space. Yeah. And how do you help people dealing with shame? Because I'd imagine certain people don't want to try kink because of the shame they feel about it or yeah. just even just general like masturbation or like trying new things in sex, especially I know like a lot of our listeners would have had some sort of, association with shame it's like in our blood yeah yeah um and you asked me before kind of about like religion and shame and um yeah I've worked with a lot of people who who do bring that and I think you know it's like how how first of all before we like explore even the topic of sex like what is the comfort level even with nudity? Um, mm. I remember working with someone who, like whenever they were a child and adolescent, would take showers um, wearing a bathing suit just because they felt so much shame of being naked. Mm. And, you know, and so I feel like spending more time, like, nude in your own, like, space, that's important. Like, mm. um, I do a conscious unrobing session where if somebody does want to explore kind of the many layers of what it's like to be either be seen naked or looking at themselves in a mirror while they're sort of like talking through these things um that has been really powerful for a lot of people um and and just you know like sort of deciding like if these are all like conditioned things that we learn then we also can sort of take time to unlearn them and decondition um, these these thoughts and beliefs and, you know, and just really asking someone like, what is your ideal, you know, like life, you know, vision? Like, do you want to 
have a lot of sex? Do you want to be able to like walk around naked in a commune with people feeling comfortable? Like, is this just about you and your like sacred relationship? Like, how do you envision this? And, um, and sort of, yeah, just basically, I think a lot of people also, they seem to, a lot of, or the question that I get asked is like, is this normal? And I think if, and I, and I tell clients this all the time, like if you were to hear all of the stories that I hear, you would absolutely know for certain that this is very like common or normal and that you're not um, crazy or strange. Um, I think what's really crazy or strange is that people aren't talking about sexes as much as um, as we could. And if everybody were to talk amongst themselves, then um, we, we'd probably get a lot of the, the shame situation like out of the yeah. way. Because a lot of, we would identify so much with other people's stories and different groups and different desires and different kinks and different things that um, like, oh my God, I had that, you know, that thing happened to me and I was just so ashamed of it for so long. And um, so I think, you know, collective I don't know collecting kind of shared experiences and seeing yourself within other people's stories is probably important yeah I know exactly what you mean like I talk a lot about it in my comedy and one of those reasons is because no one talked about it around me when I was younger and I feel like I learned stuff that was stuff was okay way too late um and but there is a lot of you know when you talk out loud about that stuff uh, you have to be okay with people like you know such shaming you or being uncomfortable whereas I'm just like at this stage I'm like the pleasure is worth <laughs> the the people getting mad um and I like you know I like making jokes about it and stuff but I think I think you're right I think it's something like because once I started talking about masturbation on this podcast then my Irish girlfriends were like oh no like we do do that we do, but no one ever told me you know and I was like I didn't know I didn't know we were or some of them were like they didn't know and then I was like, oh, you shouldn't maybe touch yourself during sex. And they were like, oh, no, no, no. But, you know, then then they were like, actually, I bought a toy. And it made the space more comfortable to talk about it and less embarrassing. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think sex should be talking about so much more. The people are afraid, I think, if you talk about sex, that it, you know, they see it as this, like, dirty uh, private thing. And they're like, oh, you don't know the difference between private and public. And it's like, but if this was less private, people would know more about STDs. They would know more how to keep themselves safe. They would know more about pleasure. Like, it doesn't mean just because it's, we start talking about it, that we're all just going to like go to the grocery store and have a big orgy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean that's going to happen. <laughs> like, right. yeah. Unless right. That's what you yeah. want to do. Close the grocery store and have your orgy. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, and I think also just maybe like finding groups that like different communities, you know, that are into different things. I feel like that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, doing the genre of like the work that I do, I think what's been super important for me is to know a lot of other people that are in sexuality positive fields and um, like the sex club you know, situation in, in New York has been really helpful of just being able to like go to a place where people are as free as they want to be and you can participate as little or as much as you like and no one's going to question anything. And so, yeah, I think having the, the community of people, um, 
you know, even if someone is living in kind of an isolated space where that doesn't really exist in their town, it's like, you know, online forums or reading about things that people have normalized. And, you know, like I'm reading this book on kink right now and it's like, this is so important for people to like, you know, I think the more that we like educate ourselves and learn that like, these are other things that we're not the only one. We are not the first people to like think of this stuff, you know, and to sort of remind ourselves that, yeah, this is, this is not an, not a new topic. Yeah. I like that you get, that's interesting as well, that you get couples coming in together to try and work on their, is usually their sex life or just relationship in general? It could be anything. It could be like how to have like better conversations about sex, how to, you know, think of more creative things to do. Um, Back to kind of the blueprints, like, you know, like I'm an energetic and he's a sexual. How do we kind of bridge the gap between things? I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit of like moving from both of your spaces to like understand the other and how mm-hmm. you both see sex and the way you both receive pleasure and how do you kind of explore that kind of bridge. Um, and then, yeah, a couple that I'm working with right now, um, I thought that this was really sweet. So yeah, he's having, um, some erection challenges and she wants to be like as supportive as possible and like wants to like you know both of them learn like techniques and like tantric practices to so they can kind of be on the same journey together where he's not 100% alone in this and um, you know I thought that that was a really awesome way that's to amazing get your partner involved with your like erect erectile dysfunction I don't like to call it a dysfunction because it's really normal too um yeah it's very normal I have a lot of guys have like performance anxiety or a lot of my guy friends talk about it but um that guy who came with his girlfriend or his partner that um that took a lot of security on his end to admit okay this isn't working let's fix it let's work together like whereas some people would just kind of go oh don't want to don't want to deal with it Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think that, yeah, that's, it's not a common thing. Like, yes, I hear it. It's very common for, you know, one person to kind of like ask like, you know, what are some things I should do or will sexological body work help this? Um, but right. It is, it is pretty rare for both of the partners to, you know, commit to something to trying to change that will, you know, help them both and how they can both kind of, be responsible for you know it's great a huge level of communication very mature um i wanted to ask you a different question as well like wait so semantic what does that mean this is me being dumb for a second um what 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 was your question semantic what does that mean somatic yeah um somatic is like of the body oh okay Um, so that's just like another word for like the body work yeah. But like okay and then so you also uh had something somewhere i just wrote this down but it said the wheel of consent what's the wheel of consent i've never heard of that oh, nice yeah so i love the wheel of consent it's created by um dr betty martin she is a long-term 
person in the sexuality field. She created the Wheel of Consent. Um, it's basically about really understanding kind of like in an intellectual level, like how nuanced consent can actually be. Um, so it's a kind of circle and they're different quadrants. And um, so like, for instance, two different like dynamics that are still very much in, in consent is, you know, you may have one person that's doing the thing. Um, but like, let's see, how do I explain this a little bit better? Um, okay. So the wheel of consent is basically prompted on two questions. Um, the question of like, how do you want to be touched? And one person can say, I want to be touched in exactly this way. And then the person hearing the answer does the thing. And that creates a consensual relationship where there is a very clear um, giver, there's a doer, and then there's a receiver. Mm. Um, and that's within consent. And then the other question that the circle really kind of moves around is how do you want to touch me? And so the doer is now the person that's actually receiving the thing. Cause it's like, okay, I want to touch you for this way for my pleasure. Um, so then you have a consensual relationship where someone is the taker yeah. and that's kind of like a loaded word, especially kind of whenever we talk about sex of like taking yeah. um, and then allowing. But if you're allowing those types of terms to happen, then it's still within consent. Um, and it just really, it can go really deep. I did a whole like week training with her and you can go into like the shadow sides of each of them. And, um, yeah, just because someone is, you know, doing something may not actually be for the person receiving. Um, yeah. Like doing something they're uncomfortable with, but they're just trying to pleasure the other person. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but also um, the action doesn't always mean that it's like whoever is doing the action doesn't mean it's always like for the person doing the action. Okay. Um, and the person looking like receiving doesn't, it's not always, you know, the intention isn't always for them. Um, yeah, but it's it's a really like amazing way to understand like consensual conversations and the line between um you know and, and what pushes people out of consent like if you're no longer enjoying something even though you asked for that thing if it expired 30 seconds ago but you didn't maybe say okay like I don't want this to happen anymore or let's move on to a different thing yeah. then the other person sort of automatically is now out of a consensual agreement um yeah, but if they don't know, like, it's very important, I guess, to communicate. Right, right, exactly. And I think people think, like, I've heard this a lot where it's like, oh, but that, like, ruins the mood or it's, like, unattractive to always ask. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, the guy I'm seeing now, he asks all along the way, do you like this? Is this okay? Is this what you want? Are you good? And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Thank you. And then it's fine. We keep having sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's completely fine to just be like, oh and do you like this or should I do this and then yeah if they're like you know obviously you don't want someone like asking you every single time but I definitely think it's okay to check in yeah of course like fuck's sake just it's not not attractive yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, I think in, in like the work that I do, like whenever I do use, um, conscious touch, um, I think a space that's really important for people, um, is to ask for every single thing that they do want. Like, yeah, I think in maybe a space of relating, um, but I think one of the sessions that I, that I do is like, you know, you get to be as vocal as you want and like every single thing you get to ask. And I think for, um, like women that I've worked with that, that are now, you know, really encouraged and like made to kind of use their voice to ask, it's a very like new space. And it's like, Oh my God, wow. One, I get to ask for everything that I want and nothing that I don't want. That's, that's a new like erotic experience Yeah. Um, or, okay, nothing's going to happen unless I speak. Um, so it's sort of, it can be a helpful space to, um, yeah, give people total and a hundred percent agency for every single thing that happens. And I think as well, what a lot, maybe like, I'm not sure with men, but I know with women, like with shame comes a level of embarrassment as well. So like, you know, if you don't, you could always try things and not like, like you like with a partner be like, you know, oh, lick my nipples. And if you don't like it, actually, I don't like that. You don't know until you try, but there's that level of like, they have to get over their embarrassment too. So I feel like embarrassment and shame feel very similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, speaking your desires to someone is really vulnerable mm. because they could immediately shut it down. It could be a whole rejection thing or, it just, it, it shows, it gives you more insight into like, I think who we are for like what we want and what we desire, what we're curious about. And, and yeah, that can be very, it can be very vulnerable. Yeah, completely. Like, um, even for myself, like I love only sometimes and very randomly and surprise finger arse <laughs> but that's like very confusing for partners because I'm like um but I have I communicate that I'm like oh yeah sometimes I like it sometimes I don't I'll let you know if I don't but I do like it as like a little bit of a bit of a surprise so if you feel the mood takes you there and then if I'm not feeling it I'll be like not today <laughs> yeah but it's just yeah like you said it's just fine figuring that out and communicating it I think as well the consent thing it's really interesting because there's so many levels like in when I was in Ireland if I wanted to have sex with someone I would say we're not having sex and I would bring them home and I'd say we're only having tea and then I would kind of wait for them to convince me to have sex with them and then I would be happy doing that you know what I mean but that isn't good because someone else doesn't want to be convinced they would see that more as assaulting you know so those mm-hmm. there's there's now obviously I'm different now because I'm more comfortable with my sexuality and I'm like you know, older and can just say what I want comfortably, but I needed the person to convince me just so I wouldn't feel guilty. It was, it was very dumb. I'm not saying it's right, but I was still consenting. Does that make sense? Like I, in my head, I was always, so there's so many levels. It's so, it's very, um, yeah, there's just a lot of levels to consent. So it's, and I never said no, I would eventually just go, okay, let's go have sex. So I always agreed to it, but, but it was a bad, it was a bad game to play, you know? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of women do that sometimes, you know, especially younger women where you want to seem like coy and you're like, no, we're not gonna. And then they come back and you're like, okay, but which is fine. Once you say, okay, I want to do this, but yeah, there's all these, like, you have to just keep checking in. 
Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So true. I think that it's, you know, they think that's another aspect of shame of um, like, we don't want to seem like easy or slutty or I don't typically do this and all of that. It's such bullshit. It's so, it's so annoying that we have to do that. I'm like so glad that I I feel like I got freed in America, but it is, it's (laughs) fucking, it's fucking, and especially because, you know, small town. And I remember when I broke up with my ex and like, I had like a couple of one night stands, but I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, I never do this. (laughs) No, I did it like two weeks ago. (laughs) But like, you know, it's just like, who cares? Like, why do we have to? And it's again, just because we want them to see us as this like, virgin i don't know like i don't it doesn't make sense yeah. but yeah and then the whole thing is like even the next day is called the walk of shame i know Where you leave it's so annoying because like I, yeah okay I'm, I'm seeing someone now and i'm super satisfied and i'm super happy and we have like a lot of sex and he's i'm like very horny person but i never knew i was a horny person you know what i mean until i like started exploring that over here and i like just having sex with one person i like being exclusive um then that's just something I know about myself I like that I like the intimacy of it I like the trust of it but Mm -hmm. I'm so much happier when I'm fucking I'm my skin looks better my brain (laughs) feels better my body's I feel happier if they're satisfying me I'm like super secure with them like I'm not like they don't I don't need a lot more if that makes sense um so I'm like why would we why would we take this away from ourselves you know like if you're comfortable with getting that from one night stands fucking go for it uh, I know I'm not but I'm and usually that's because I've worked through a lot of the shame I just haven't gotten to that I just know as well the more I'm seeing someone the more comfortable I am so the more mm-hmm. I can enjoy it but I mean like yeah you should never take that that's like it, it's so there's so much benefits to sex it literally makes your skin better it makes totally. you happier it's totally. yeah it's so unfair that that it's put on women to like you know not be able to enjoy that so go fuck everybody that's right do the slut strut yeah it's not the walk of shame it's the walk of oh, i'm very happy i just had a lovely night <laughs> right it's only the walk of shame when they don't satisfy you so true yeah, yeah. And you're like oh that was a waste of my night yeah yeah um yeah i think i'm i think the way that i'm sort of moving is like i really enjoy talking about sex before it happens um like in in my most recent sexual relationship it's like there was a lot of discussions about things before things started to happen and like and I've also had other times where you know just the chemistry is amazing and there's less conversations about it but um I don't know. In this moment, I think, yeah, I feel really comfortable knowing more and just sort of really getting on the same page for different things and then and then exploring whatever that thing is. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'll ask you one more question before I let you go, if you don't mind. Um, and do you have people ever come to you like confused about their sexuality and like needing help in that? Does that ever happen with this body work sexual sexological is that what it says sexological body work thank you (laughs) um let's see sometimes I wouldn't say that's like a super common thing um mm, I've seen I've 
heard like, you know, men that feel like they're bisexual or that they're curious. Um, and if they're in a relationship, they don't really know how, how to go about that. Um, but I'd say it's, are you talking about like kind of sexual orientation or like sexual preference? I guess like, you know, people just struggling with what maybe what they, if they're bi or if they're lesbian or if they're gay and like, does this, I don't know. It was just something that came into my head. Like maybe that, Hmm. especially since you're also like in the realm of therapy as well. um, I don't know. Do they come to you for like tips and how to imagine themselves in those situations before they actually commit to it or? Hmm. Um, Let's see. So yeah, I feel like I, don't have much experience working with people kind of on that path, but something that I have heard quite a bit of is like, um, you know, kind of the, the person that's a little bi curious and doesn't know how to either bring it up or to go about it or what that means. Um, or even people from like, you know, people who have penises that are like, does it make me crazy if I like things in the butt? Or, you know, or like, what does that mean? Does that mean that I, it's, you know, I'm like, no, it's, that is a preference. It has nothing to do with your um, kind of sexual orientation, unless that's what it does mean for you. Um, You don't have to be, you know, and and even if you are like, I'll celebrate anything and everything that you are because we're, you know, this is a place for like totality. You don't have to be just one thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's probably the the closest to that that I have heard. Okay. Yeah. No. So that's great. Is there anything else you want to say before we end this? Let's see. Um, I wrote down a few notes, but I think we kind of like covered quite a bit of it. Um, oh, I did just write down like, you know, the equally harmful effects of like sexual repression, maybe due to shame, but also like how that can also become distorted and like it's equally, you know, creates different challenges. Um, so if we kind of like hide and close up, it usually becomes like some kind of distortion and, um, kind of, they can be equally spiritually diminishing or what do you mean by distortion so if you're like have like shame over masturbation as a woman and you're like I'm not going to do it that it can come out in a different form like that you're like more angrier during the day or um so so I I remember hearing um someone who because I remember like you mentioned something about like strong catholic um kind of religion stuff um I remember a story was like someone who had, I think, so much guilt and shame in their sexual preference and identity that um, they kind of, instead of incredibly repressed, they kind of like went the opposite way. And um, I remember working with them sort of after um, they had already, you know, explored what it's like to, you know, be with sex worker after sex worker after sex worker and and then they felt like even more shame about that and so their sort of you know sexual um desires became very skewed and just Mm -hmm. even to themselves like um and it's not like I would never say to anyone like oh this is wrong but it's more of like how they are perceiving 
something that they want to change. Um, so yeah, I think that it, it can be um, distorted if it's repressed and it can kind of come yeah. out sideways or it can be um, like, you know, it, for themselves, but maybe for other people. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Especially if the person sees it as unhealthy, it, would become, it can become an unhealthy trait. But yeah, I think what I had said before was like, sometimes like Catholic girls, we can be like the horniest. <laughs> because, you know, you're told, you're told you can't do this. And you're like, I fucking want to do that. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and then it's like repressed. So it's more like forbidden fruit and stuff. But yeah, I've heard, I've heard I remember one guy writing in something similar about that, about like the, the, shame with his own not knowing his sexual preferences and what he wanted and then a lot of sex workers trying to explore that but not with his partner and then um uh oh actually it was her who wrote in um when she found him cheating that was it and um she this was a while back but basically he had kind of said the reason why he was off with these sex workers was because he was trying to explore stuff that he would never, he felt too much shame to explore with her. Now, of course, obviously they broke up because they'd gone too far at that stage. And this might be just an excuse for his bad behavior, but it might be also true that he was like doing like what, what he would think is wild outlandish instead of just talking to her about his kinks. Cause it's amazing when you love someone, like, like if I love someone and they're like dress up as a chicken while I do you from behind, I'll be like, whatever gets you off. I don't care if you, if you're enjoying it, you know, I'll enjoy it. And when you, when, especially when you love someone, you're like, there's, there's not a lot. If the people just open up and they're just like, yeah. Yeah. So but yeah. so I know what you mean, how that can become very unhealthy and and you're not, especially then if there's a repression where you're like, you wait to have sex later in life and then you're figuring mm-hmm. it all a little bit later, you're kind of like a bit lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I've also heard about too, of like, um, kind of this, uh, sadness for, for being and living that story of like, I was told that the longer I wait, the better that first night of marriage is going to be. And, you know, that was not the truth because neither of us had any experience. We didn't know like what we were doing. So. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I think um, like even the guy I'm seeing, he was joking about last night because he pulled out this new move and I was like, you've been holding out on that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was basically actually, anyway, for any of the listeners, because it's a really good move, but it was like, you know, those like body pillows you can get, I guess if you prop it underneath my arse, it like angles me well. And I was like, fuck, what's this? And he was like, oh, I just don't, I like to kind of go slowly with the moves because I don't want you thinking I'm like slow or whatever if I just whipped it all out on the first night. And I was (laughs) like, uh, because I've joked before a lot about him being a slut, but I was like, oh, I'm only joking. I just don't want you to be a slut now. But if you were a slut before (laughs) and you have all these moves, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah like experience is fine because you're just you know like yeah you want someone who has a bit of experience knows what they're doing um or is willing to grow with you and like because you know I am always the first to say it to my partners like especially like with blowjobs and stuff like you let me know what you like or like you know he was like nibble on my balls I was like that doesn't hurt and he was like no and I'm like I have no idea I'll do it but no one because no one tells us there's no book there's no guide there's no there's no like sex classes like oh this is nice this is a sensual area like the lower back I didn't know the lower back like if you touch it while they're on top that's very sensual 
Mm. I just like Googled erogenous zones and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be rubbing his back. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably like, what is she doing? (laughs) Well, yeah. So there's like so much to learn in the sex world. So true. And I don't know. I feel like, like every six months, I feel like I'm, I'm a different sexual creature. Like I'm exploring different things or I'm not as into the thing that I was into or it's just, yeah. So so much can just evolve and change and like just be different with people. Yeah. And so with your long-term couples that come in trying to spice stuff up, they're like long-term monogamous, right? For the most part, yes. Um, So you give them these other things to kind of, I like the games. I think that's really good idea to keep it fresh. And I like that they're trying to work on that. I love that they're comfortable coming to you and doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think also like where I feel the most, you know, satisfaction in, in my work is usually with couples. Um, you know, if they're asked, if they ask about like, Oh, like what's naked yoga or how can we do that? I'm like, okay, cool. I'll create like a sequence for you two to do can include like different partner yoga poses you can do this as clothed or as naked as you want to, but the intention is like, you know, what is this like positive activity that you can do together? And then, you know, here are some other like intimacy building games or fun questions to do or little like surveys to take together and to sort of, you know, explore different things of what you're into or different massage techniques or, you know, take an hour and flip back and forth like who's in charge every 10 minutes and whoever like you can ask for whatever you want and so there's all different kinds of things to kind of create like more you know satisfaction or intensity or polarity between each other that's great I also think that's kind of exciting like you know I think that's more of a success than a failure if you're like oh, okay, let's spice it up. Like, I think that's exciting to be like, oh, we're going to do something new. We're going to, there's more levels. Like there's always more levels you can go to. So it shouldn't seem as like, a, oh, we've, we've gotten bored of each other. It should be like, wow, we're like trying something new. We're trying something different. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I am going to let you go because I've kept you too long. Okay. <laughs> Thank this you was so much fun. Can you say your Instagram or where people can find you? Yes. So my website is nakedyogatherapy.com and my Instagram is at nakedyogatherapy. And that's probably the two best places to find. And so if people, if people contact you, you'll be able to tell the couples the yoga things to do together alone. It's not like you'd be there. Um, both. So I can be as like involved or not involved as different people. Like, um, sometimes like, way that I work with um, couples is like just having a coaching call and then giving them homework to do. And then some people are like, no, I want you like, like show us how to do this thing, like be in the same room as us, you know, and everywhere in between is like kind of where I would move. That's amazing. Okay. I love this. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for listening. I know that was more like a serious episode. Um, Next week's episode it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we have Garrett Reynolds on and and Shane Daniel Byrne, one hilarious Irish man and one hilarious American man. Um, Garrett Reynolds is from the Dollop. So if you've listened to that po- podcast, you might have heard him. 
So yeah, that, that'll be a bit more crack. So let me know if there's any topics you want us to touch on. Uh, we'll be recording that on Thursday and also recorded an episode with a comedian over here, Chloe Radcliffe, where she talks about cheating. So that'll be out in two weeks as well. So yeah, um, and they'll be up early on the Patreon if you want to go or even if you want to watch the video to this episode on the Patreon is there and then there's extra um episodes on the Patreon as well. So uh, yeah, it's just the Patreon sh- forward slash forge oh my god why can't i say this word forward slash thank you um the the shift podcast and have a lovely week and hopefully everything will go well tomorrow um and i'll you know chat to you on uh, next week thanks so much planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 